five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier podcast for the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually as always by Omni at Omni Strife, Jordan at Sir Dr. JM. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hello. How Pleasure goes to it? be here. It, it's, a, it's a bright time of year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put it at, it's a bright time of year. The sun, sun rises a little bit earlier. My bedroom is like fully like engulfed in light. 4am and the birds are out chirping and that just simply leads me to believe the overwatch league season yeah they're, they're all I, hyped for it although i don't mm-hmm. know if if birds naturally are inclined to be hyped for owl you know it's like a mm. natural predator for <laughs> well i mean maybe maybe they're just you know big Big Ganymede stands. Oh, maybe, maybe. I was, I was going to say they're fans of the Atlanta Rain, or maybe even the Paris Eternal. But uh, yeah. Mm. yeah, what what would be like another bird-like? Uh, uh, um, I don't know. Atlanta for sure. Well, I mean, uh, if I we if we start shit. going and extrapolating like bird into something that flies, Spitfire is not good, Spitfire, right? Spitfire, maybe. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to be a bird when the Spitfire are going through. Yeah, you don't want to be the Spitfire either. Yeah, true. <laughs> but yes, the uh, Overwatch League season is only days away. Well, technically, when you're listening to this episode, day, day. away. Uh, back onto the, the Thursday sked. We were we were actually uh, chatting about this earlier, and uh, Omni here uh, got tripped up by the fact matches are on Thursday. At least <laughs> for the foreseeable future so you know thursday afternoons what are you going to be doing work or overwatch a little bit of both yeah let's multitask here <laughs> but uh with this big show and it is going to be another big show we're going to obviously kick off the season as we know how to we're going to talk a little bit about what the titans and define are up to we've got our match preview and expectations obviously happening both for the two teams we cover and a little bit of the matches to watch over the course of the league but we have a pretty special guest lined up to join us a little bit later on. Justin Hughes, the general manager for the Vancouver Titans, is going to uh, tap on in and uh, tell us a little bit about his expectations for the season, uh, what might have gone wrong or right last year, and, and we're going to try to to pull some juice out of him and see if he can tell us what the actual meta mm-hmm. happens to be because there's been a lot of different sort of thoughts to, to what meta will look like uh, i'm i'm pulling for uh, uh junk rat because you know me i'm i'm going pro as junk rat but if not at least reinhardt but uh all that said uh, why don't we uh move this long show on and start pushing the payload moving the payload join me so while the overwatch league season kicks off on a thursday the Vancouver Titans are the first of the two teams to kick off their season on Friday at 1 30 p.m Pacific 4.30 p.m. Eastern, when they take on the Boston Uprising. Now, last season, Justin had told us that uh, the Boston Uprising were probably, you know, their rival, which we were kind of surprised by. And, you know, the expectation is that they were going to still 3-0 Boston. Um, that did not really occur last year for reasons. But uh when we, you know, look at our power rankings and how we compared these two teams together, um, 
we had Boston a, well, I was just say fair jump ahead of the Titans, but we had had them right there. I mean, one step above, one tier above. And is it going to be as even as, as we might expect, or uh, or is this uh, going to be more Boston? Because I, I was just in the weekly Uprising Discord, and they're like, oh, yeah, Boston Uprising, 3-0 Titans. Yeah. Won't even really? Did they're you that confident, hey? But also, like you mentioned that they didn't I, – I, isn't the only victory Titans had last season was a 3-0 against Boston? Was it? It was. Either Boston or London. No, it was it was Boston. <laughs> well, no, the I know the was it, oh, the geez, breadsticks now? one. Yeah, it was against Boston. Was I'm it Boston? 100% sure. Yeah, no, I think you're correct because ev- I mean, everyone was hopeful that it was going to be against London because it was the two bottom teams, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It was Vancouver and, then, and London. And then they won the game before that and lost the game against London. And lost London. to London. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. In true uh, Vancouver fashion. Yeah, yes, it was naturally. a weird, weird uh, game, but the 3-0 was against uh, um, That's right. Boston. See, I, I will stand corrected. I mean, last season was so long ago. I, yeah. I, Not I many memorable moments if you're a Titans fan, but this was probably, <laughs> you know, a, a good one to... Uh, last season was 84 years ago with stale breadsticks at this point. Oh, <laughs> uh, breadsticks. So actually, I'm I'm going to the Overwatch League website here. I'm going to look at the 21 21 season for the Vancouver Titans, and let's see. Uh, oh, it's either the second, I think it was the second last week. I want to say around the second last day, maybe. They don't make it easy to see the team. Yeah, it was um, August. Okay, um, so they lost three out of San Fran, three two London. Oh yeah, Boston Uprising, August six three zero Vancouver yeah. Titans. And then they yeah then they lost oh uh, three to the Justice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And uh yeah, okay, so okay, so the uprising took one, three one, and then the Titans beat the uprising three oh. So okay, weekly uprising, you can take that confidence and stuff it. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, out of curiosity, what should we expect for that uh, that first match? Oh um this this is gonna be the harder one out of the two. Um it, it it is winnable. I don't think it's like a juggernaut like a uh, Dallas Fuel or even the tier below it, like against Atlanta or Houston. But on paper, if I weren't like a, a delusional Canadian Overwatch fan, I'd, I'd surely be putting my money on on Boston. But since I am a Canadian delusional <laughs> fan. I think this is a game that Vancouver can, you know, surprise and, and uh, take take home the dub. Yeah, I mean, if you were to ask me, um, and looking at my individual power rankings, I put Boston below Vancouver, so oh. I am confident they can win this. I am I am lower on Boston oh, yeah. than I Very think low. most people are. Um, yeah, I, I I'm Boston in 17th and, and Vancouver in 15th, so I think this will be a pretty even matchup and could probably go either way. I think a lot of it is contingent on, um, I guess the meta reads, which from the sounds of it doesn't seem like there's a, a significant meta taking shape or anything like that. Um, so I think teams yeah. will play to their strengths and ultimately it's gonna, gonna be whoever has the edge there. 
I, I didn't hear about it being a tracer meta either, which no. is probably where uh, their hopes for striker to you know pop off are. Yeah. Even though, like, uh, I don't think Aspire is is a weak <laughs> tracer by any means, but it would be a pretty interesting uh, matchup, I'd say. Um, I, yeah, we'll see. So I am. I'm suggesting the Vancouver Titans are going to win just to quiet the doubters early on. Now that might be the only one, which, you know, um, I hate to say, but at least they get, I think they come out of the gates, you know, quiet the doubters. Um, I also have a little inside knowledge based on the fact we've already spoken to Justin. You'll get to hear him a little bit later. And well, what, Jordan? You I was going to say. Suggest this? Should I edit that out of the episode now? <laughs> no, I was going to say I wasn't entirely uh, positive if I, if I was okay to say that. I think I'll, Justin convinced me a little bit. He, he inspired say, a little bit of faith in but me to, to, to believe. To be fair, we did not speak with you know with the other side. <laughs> Good point. Get, Maybe we need to get someone from Boston on here. Yeah, who's, who's their GM right now? But <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, Let's get Robert Kraft. It's a good oh yeah because I'm, I'm sure robert Kraft totally pays attention to the overwatch league amongst the many things he's doing yeah. in strip malls and such I, i'd say we have more of a shot to get uh francesco on here and that's not like uh Ooh. very uh like don't hold your breath either hey <laughs> francesco follows me on twitter i could slide into the dms let me tell you please um, do but getting back on track here prior to talking to justin I thought the Vancouver Titans would be competitive, but I was higher on, on the uprising. I mean, uh, Omni and I both ranked the uprising, you know, quite a few spots ahead of the Titans. Um, I feel that the, the questions that I might have about the Titans are not the same as what maybe doubt I have about Boston, but then to hear Justin in the confidence, he's talking about the roster and what they've seen in the later part of scrims. I'm going to suggest that it's going to be close, but I would say it's going to go three, two for the Vancouver Titans. That's exactly what I have down as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Me as well. Three, two. So, okay. I mean, this is, this is, good you know, last year, I don't think we, we came into the first week, uh, Omni and I with, with good things, but here we are, we're saying there's going to be a win. So then the Vancouver Titans then follow that up on the weekend on Sunday, uh, taking on the London Spitfire, 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And I didn't actually mention this earlier. Don't set your clock for the 1.30 p.m. Pacific start because the Overwatch League views the entire day as appointment viewing. <laughs> it may start earlier. It may stay at night later. But we know <laughs> the Sunday kickoff will be on time. Especially this, that it's like uh, the game after the shock and Spitfire. So <laughs> might well, start well, early. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> All expectations here. Vancouver beats London, right? If I have Vancouver beating Boston, I definitely have them beating London. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, even if we were to be biased, though, as we might be, you know, apt to, to be, I can't think of any power rankings that have the Spitfire above Vancouver. If anything, they might say that Vancouver and the Spitfire are in the same tier where there's a, a toggle, but it's not because one's better. It's just the way mm-hmm. the tiers work. I don't feel they're that close. Um, 
I distinctly look at this as being a Vancouver Titans win. I would say three, one. And, and, and I feel like I'm giving one map to London is generous. That's going to be push. Cause I have absolutely no expectations as to how the pros will play push. Yeah. I have it at three, one as well. Um, locked it in and the pickums. So me too. Wow, this is, this, this, is, there. this is easy. Let's end the show. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, Mike. Well, no, we still got the Toronto oh, Defiant right, to do right. this, but we haven't we haven't any disagreement here. Um, before we get on to the Defiant, though, for those of you who uh, might be wanting to uh, hang out with other Titans fans, uh, we talked about this last week. Uh, they are going to have two watch parties. Well, they've canceled one of them. The Friday watch party is no more. So they are only hosting the watch party at the Sports Bar Rogers Arena on Sunday. Uh, if you want to go to that event, uh, which, which they'll have uh, the players for a meet and greet afterwards, um, prizes and all the good stuff, uh, you'll want to get the tickets. They are free. Um, you just have to, to go on online and, and grab some and, uh, and then enjoy the event. But let's talk about the Toronto Defiant. The Toronto Defiant also obviously kick off uh, their season. However, they get to uh, watch Thursday and Friday matches because they don't play until Saturday, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, when the Toronto Defiant take on the Washington Justice. Uh, they've been uh, getting into it a little bit on the uh, the social media here. Uh, Washington said that justice will be served because that's their thing. Toronto said, have you forgotten the War of 1812? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and as you could imagine. What a time to bring that up. That's uh, actually phenomenal. <laughs> the only but, the uh, only war, right, between the two countries. So yes, we, yes. We, we win. Yeah. I mean, it was totally, and it was totally, you know, Canada. Like, oh, yeah. Nothing. Exactly. No, no outside, uh, uh, you know, in, you know, influences at all, and it was totally, you know, till death and and all that. So borders yeah. were exactly the same. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. The uh, you know, the Vancouver regiment would have made it eventually, probably a year or so later, but yeah. uh, things it's, got sorted up before they had to get there. They turned around. That's why uh, Back- Canada is bigger, right? Exactly. Uh, back to the defiant justice matchup. Our power rankings had them a little bit apart. We had the New York Excelsior in between the two, uh, both, uh, Omni and I saw some big differences between the defiant and justice so much so that they were essentially two classifications different. Uh, Jordan, however, uh, he sees them much closer, uh, together. And, uh, that's what, again, brings them to where they are in the, the 10 spot and the 12 spot respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts. I mean, I, I feel the defiant need to come out strong. I mean, we've, we've heard from many people that suggest they're going to be a, a, a fun roster to watch. And the expectations are that if they can take that fun and then translate that into, um, effective play, <laughs> uh, they have a lot of potential, but that's the problem. It's still understood to be potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually looking at the weekend, I have Vancouver and Toronto both coming out as big winners. Um, yeah. To to hint at the second game for Toronto as well. Um, as you mentioned, I've got them pretty close in our power rankings. These were I remember on the episode, I was shocked that you guys had both placed Washington as low as you did, but I wasn't upset to see it. Um, I'm I'm all aboard the. Uh, the down with Washington train. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, this one in my mind, a lot 
harder for me to decide on than uh, the Vancouver games. I think I'm more confident in my picks for Vancouver winning than I am the Toronto games. Uh, both of them actually. So what do you, what do you have this match uh, lining up as? I mean, I'm presuming you're seeing three, two for Toronto. I actually put it as three, one already. Um, oh, okay. I'm, I'm giving Toronto the edge and a little bit of that again is my bias towards Toronto and against Washington. I could see it being a three, two for sure. Okay. I have it as um, a three, two myself. See, I, and I, I was, I had three, two, three, one. I've been flopping back and forth and I went and uh, decided three, one was where it was at, but it's this yeah, interpretation of a close three, one. Sure. Where, yeah. You know, you got three wins, but you had to work so very hard for each and every one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I think we're, we're probably aligned with how we're, we're approaching this matchup. Yeah. Um, I just like, you know, back to the point about power rankings, I feel, and maybe this is our bias showing Toronto is a, a better, more dynamic roster than what the justice are, are throwing in. I, I, I feel that as well. Um, it is interesting though, because it doesn't seem like many people outside of, uh, <laughs> maybe us and other Toronto fans feel that way. I think yeah. the, the general sentiment towards Toronto is that they're kind of a boring blah team. Um, and outside of their, uh, support line, they don't have much going for them. Um, I think Washington kind of has the opposite problem. I think their support line is the weakest side of them. Um, but ultimately I just, oh man, it's the, that train came a calling and I had to hop on, you know, I just can't cheer for Washington. So, hmm. There's a lot left to be determined. I think if Toronto comes out on top, it will hopefully prove something to the the haters, you know? Yeah. I, I think Toronto and Washington is going to be close, and that's why I like put the 3-2. I think these uh, teams, both of them, will have to take a while to find their identities. Um, hmm. And because, you know, um, mostly... Uh, the the chunk of of Toronto's strength right now being in support, I give them the edge, uh, at least comparatively to to Justice, where that that's kind of a weakness of them. So, I mean, you could say it the other way too, but across the board, I uh, like did find you know uh, a little bit better in this match. There's so much unknown right now. Because we haven't seen these teams play at all on this entirely new game. What, what, are, you, exactly. what are you talking about? What are you talking about? There's no unknown. Everyone knows everything. Yeah. It is written yeah. in stone. Yeah. The oh. uh, second. Oh, no, I'm just saying right? nobody knows anything really. It's it's that's the the world oh, oh, we live okay. in. We know a lot. We use the power <laughs> of science with everything we do. Very true. Um, the second matchup that the Van- or the Vancouver, the Toronto Defiant have on uh, the weekend is on Sunday, 4.30 p.m. Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. They're going to be taking on the Houston Outlaws. Um, for those who need a refresher on as far as power rankings go, we had the Houston Outlaws in the eight spot, which is two spots ahead of the Toronto Defiant, the 10 spot. Uh, all three, well, sorry, two of us had the Outlaws up. Uh, Jordan, who hates apparently the, the trend of Omni and I, he, he had it reversed. Um, Jordan, you had already said the the Wafine are going to come out big this weekend. And I, so I'm going to presume you've picked them to, to get, you know, two possible wins here. You got it. 
is, is, is this a close one or are you thinking, cause you earlier, you said, Oh, well, it's going to be a tough one with Washington. Cause I hate them. <laughs> so where, where, where do the outlaws fall under the, uh, I hate them. You know, scale? It, and having not actually looked at my rankings until this discussion, I'm actually exactly in line with what I have on my rankings. I have Toronto in eighth, Houston in ninth, Washington in 10th. I have Toronto winning against Washington 3-1, winning against Houston 3-2. So it lines up, you know, it tracks, the science works. Now we just need them to perform. Yeah. I'm Um, not as optimistic with this game. (laughs) I think uh, Houston is going to win this one uh, 3-2. Um, Houston feels a bit more complete, maybe to to attack a, a new game. But again, this is all you know, not <laughs> saying much, but it's more of a gut feeling. Just looking at the roster. So, I okay. I also had the Houston Outlaws winning. I had it as three one, but I I had a conflict here. Based on what we have heard is that there is much more um, weight towards main support within the meta. We, we don't know the meta yet, but we've, we've heard this. And if there is a weakness with the outlaws, that may be it. Now, how much so? Not sure. So what I ultimately decided to do is simply rely on the power rankings as I put them together <laughs> and extrapolate that this again is going to be a close three, one loss. And I'm not hating on the defiant here, but I could totally see the defiant proving me wrong by not only being the sort of quote unquote, more complete team, but then back to the point of being this exciting, you know, group of dynamic individuals who put together, you know, a series of wins are exciting to watch. I don't necessarily feel Houston fits into that same mold. So it's that swing style. It's going to be, I think, 3-1 one way or the other, but I've I've put it as 3-1 Houston. So for those keeping score at home, uh, the two of us, or three of us have the uh, Titans getting two wins. Uh, Jordan has the Defiant getting two wins, and uh, Omni and I have uh, the Defiant getting a one win, one loss. That's not to suggest we're not high on these teams, and you might suggest, well, wait, hey, Chris, did you guys say Toronto's better? They are, but look at the schedule here. The Defiant did not lock out to find the Spitfire in front of them yet. Now, if you want to uh, get in on the action and you happen to be out there in the six, the Toronto Defiant are also hosting a watch party of their very own. This watch party will be taking place on Saturday. Uh, tickets do cost a few bucks. It's, uh, I think, 11 and change Canadian. Um it gets you access to the event. Uh, they've got, uh, they announced just today that there's going to be uh, Overwatch 2 free play. So if you didn't happen to get into the beta and you want to get your hands on the game, mm. they'll have some uh, some stations uh, set up for that. Uh, I think uh, food and uh, beverages are included. There's prizing, a whole lot of good stuff happening. Um, if there's one thing I do know, the Toronto Defiant know how to throw a party. And their venue is pretty cool, right? It's at, uh, uh, I think it's the Red Bull Gaming Studio is what they call it, but you know, downtown Toronto at, uh, at, uh, overactive headquarters, hmm. uh, pretty neat venue. And that's not to knock the Vancouver Titans using the sports bar Rogers arena, great venue. It's just, it's multi-purpose. Doesn't really have the gaming feel. The OAM's got that, uh, got that in spades. That's pretty cool about the, uh, station setup for, for free play. I didn't know that actually. They, they just, they shared that, uh, on social. Oh, nice. Um, it's possible the Titans may do something similar for like sure. last year or two years, whatever it was, um, actually would have been 
two full years now, they had done something similar, play the pros. Uh, Sam and I got to be carried by, uh, who was it that carried us? Was it Stitch? I can't remember. But I remember you guys playing uh, with Stitch and losing a quick quick play game. <laughs> yes. yes. The burden was too heavy for a freaking <laughs> pro player to uh, to carry there. <laughs> uh, it wasn't Sam's fault. It was all me. Yeah. Um, the last uh, news to get into before we, uh, we bring Justin in on the show is the Vancouver Titans have announced uh, that you can join an exclusive fan club called the Pathfinders. Um, it is run by the team. So while it is a fan club, I'm not going to go and tell you what it will be about because I honestly don't know. Um, I have signed up, but what this is, is the Vancouver Titans are looking to get to know their fans, ultimately you a little bit better. And they're looking for sort of human intelligence insight. How they approach this is when you go online, you start filling in a form. It's like a, like a text message conversation. It's like mm-hmm. conversational AI. It's going to ask some questions to get to know you, some demographic information, and you sign up by providing your cell number so you get future text messages. If it's anything like they've used in the past, you'll get like a text saying, hey, we want to ask you about this or we want to ask you about that. And oh, by the way, if you can click this link and share this tweet, we'll give you some points and then you can enter it into that. I'm not going to knock them because every organization out there looks for a way to get this type of information. Um, it's just a shame that there isn't a, you know, complimentary fan club by the fans. I mean, rain city runners used to be, they'd be no longer, and there isn't anything like Toronto has with alpha flight. Yeah. It's a cool little system, uh, that they've implemented, but like the Titans, if, if anything, they're very keen on grabbing a lot of information about what kind of fan I am. And I feel like it's already like the fifth time that I'm filling a, a form of some sort of of how ready I am to uh, you know support the team and uh, will I attend uh, uh, events, which is mm-hmm. fine. But I'm like just wondering uh, what like useful uh, uh, things do they get get out of it, and, and where does it you know uh, propel the decisions? Um, hoping to get some skin coats. Yeah, that that's cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do have all the Titan skins already. I mean, there's still Sojourn. Um, maybe that one will be a, a good uh, thing to 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 get. Uh, fine. Yeah, yeah. I remember Rain City Runners. Uh, yeah, lots of drama there. <laughs> Even before the Titans fell apart, that that thing wasn't really uh, uh, growing organically. Um, hoping there will be something in the future, but I feel like Titans are still at the mode of 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 rebuilding and and healing the wounds so to speak so hopefully this season will uh bring some more positive attention to to the squad so um yeah wishing the organization luck with that and uh, i didn't put in the rundown but i think it would be remiss of us not to mention that the toronto defiant have shipped out a uh, sort of opening weekend uh, you know gift box welcome pack their cyber collection of uh of sweet threads to all sorts of different uh, content creators out there. And I pretty much, I think the entire owl broadcast, uh, uh, group, uh, I was waiting at my mailbox, um, for the last two days, just thinking, cause you know, my mailbox isn't that big. They couldn't stuff a box like that into it. Um, it hasn't arrived <laughs> yet. No, imagining know. you standing outside your mailbox every morning, waiting for yeah, just, Canada just waiting to come in or pure yep. later or FedEx, whatever. He's, He's opening the mailbox going, 
do something. Yeah, that's that, that, that's exactly what I was stick. doing. And then I would, yeah. I would like hide behind and I jump out and open to see if like, you know, the, the Canada post the delivery person had, you know, magically shown up and disappeared or something like that. It's the Overwatch no, League I, fairy. Okay. Yeah. The Overwatch League fairy. Um, but no, I mean, just to, to make it very clear, um, maybe ours hasn't arrived if it was being sent to me, unless one of the two of you got one and you know, that's fine too. And just saying it would be kind of, nice but if the defiant wanted to hook us up i I wish i had planned this better i would have uh pulled out oh give me a second and then gone off camera and come back with a big box or something opened it up and you know had nothing in it but no haven't received anything either i mean if the toronto defiant uh, are listening and we know the entire organization happens to be i mean the vancouver titans have actually you know hooked us up in the past and they've you know given us food (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool not, not gonna lie can't hate yeah. on that ever oh, we also got those pretty stylish circle case socks oh yeah yeah i still have them somewhere <laughs> anyhow i mean i get it maybe maybe you don't have our address yet you know where to reach us we're at ready support on twitter drop into our discord um you know adam he can you know connect to us by email what have you but, and uh, and if you're if you're interested drop ready set a, a line uh, DM on Twitter and just ask for uh, my contact details. That'll work too. <laughs> awesome. So we're going to take ourselves just a momentary break and uh, bring Justin in to tell us a little bit about uh, his expectations for this upcoming season. Come out and face me. So I'm pleased that we're joined by a very special guest returning to the show. Uh, second year in a row is Justin Hughes, general manager of the Vancouver Titans. You can find him on Twitter if you want to give him a follow at Justin C. Hughes underscore. I'm going to presume there's another Justin C. Hughes out there that took the first one. Yeah. Uh, but welcome back, Justin. Hi, it's good to be back. The, uh, you know, season is fast approaching. I mean, we're recording this just to pull the curtain back a little bit. A couple of days before you, our listener, will be hearing this. And as we have come to learn... Uh, league news, team news, and any news drops on Wednesday because I think everyone coordinates our recording schedule. So if, if anything were to change, you were like, well, why didn't you ask Justin this? It's because we honestly didn't know. And while we tried to pry it out of him, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't tell us, but I, I expect you to, to provide just a, you know, a little bit of juice. Hopefully. Yeah, of course. Uh, actually at this point it's uh it's a blur on what is and isn't public. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, so this is a great opportunity for us to to find out what we don't know and what you're unsure whether or not we can. Be oh no, out. don't worry. I'll just uh, I'll just completely veer off every topic, <laughs> just dodge every question. That's right. We'll be talking about <laughs> Valorant by the end, probably. Oh, huh. uh, anywho, no. Welcome back. Uh, so you know, I thought we'd dive right into sort of a a quick recap of. Um, you know, your duration, your sort of tenure with the, the Titans, mm-hmm. uh, for our listeners who may not have sort of tuned in until more recently. Uh, but, uh, Justin, you joined the organization uh, midway through 2020, yeah. obviously the pandemic hit the, the season, the league, the team in a variety of different ways, um, a weird season. And you joined us last year so to recap that fast forwarding sort of into last season. And, uh, I'd like to, to say that you were, Confident that the the team was going to be competitive, probably in the mix, um, maybe not sort of trending to the top tier because there was sort mm-hmm. of a distinct difference. Yeah, and I, I think we sort of need to talk about the the elephant that might be in the room. Things didn't really go to that that space. Can you sort of tell us if there was anything particular that got in the way, or was it just you know 
everyone got better and we were simply keeping up. Yeah, I think it was a uh, twofold really. Um, that projection was based on uh, if we if that team had landed in the year prior, it probably would have performed in season three as I would have projected. But coming into season four, a lot of teams upgraded. And then uh, along with that, uh, this is probably my fault uh, in regards to just getting players that uh, didn't really mesh well together in terms of play style. No, neither one was wrong, but uh, it's just uh, it's a synergy thing that was uh, difficult to basically merge together. Uh And uh, I I think those two put together, like I said, the league just got significantly better from season three to season four is pretty much just uh, – the biggest uh, pitfall. Okay. Well, sort of, you know, taking that then and sort of transposing it into, you know, Owl season five, what we're going to see in 2022, um, is that sort of learning around team synergy been really a key driver in how you've built the roster this season? Or is it simply one of many factors? Because, I mean, we're, we're going to get yeah. into it. You're playing arguably in a quote-unquote new game. Yeah, it's a, uh, it, it has been a factor because obviously uh, last year we had, some mechanically good players that uh, just couldn't mesh well together. And this year we made sure to get mechanically good players who could also just uh, play stylistically the same. It was part of our criteria because obviously it uh, didn't work the year prior. Um, And I think uh, going to this year, that's something that we hit on very well with getting players that can perform stylistically similar or perform in, or play in a way that's stylistically similar and uh, perform at a mechanically good level. As for going into a new game, that was difficult because uh, <laughs> no one really had any idea what to expect, especially back in like October when people were running tryouts. Everyone ran tryouts differently, uh, and everyone basically had different criteria on what to go on. So uh, it was a uh, that was a little bit of a uh, difficulty for majority of the teams but i think everyone regardless of their method did pretty decently well granted that's all uh also has to come with it's still overwatch right it's still a lot of the skills do transfer well and that's actually sort of a question that i'd I'd like to sort of segue into omni here He'll often reinforce Overwatch is Overwatch is Overwatch. If you're skilled at Overwatch 1, you're going to be skilled at Overwatch 2. You're probably already skilled at Overwatch 3, whatever it might be. <laughs> um, me, on the other hand, I'm maybe not as confident in the skill perspective. Like everyone who is skilled is going to remain skilled, but will they be skilled in the way that the game is played? Like I I have recently finally gotten access to the beta. I mean, Jordan <laughs> and Omni got it like day one. I had to beg and plead. And if there's one thing that I've noticed as a, you know, wood tier level player is that people who are playing this game as like Overwatch 1 was played are punished, like their teams are punished much harshly, more harshly than those who play sort of this new five on five mechanic where, you know, you don't have the the off Like I don't know how many times when I'm Anna where I simply accept my fate because I'm pinned. I've been, you know, dived upon and, uh, Maybe I get a lucky sleep off and escape, but it's, I would presume that's affecting the professional tier too. Is it not? Yeah, it's definitely changed the way that people have to play. Um, I think this has been, actually, I won't say it cause I don't think it's been commented on, but okay. uh, it's, it's definitely changed the way people play. Um, I think uh, 
people are tending towards more aggressive play styles because it is more difficult to keep back lines alive. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it, it is a change of pace um, in the most literal sense. It's a, it's a change, like a pacing of the game kind of thing. More yeah. aggressive play style says to me, Reinhardt meta, right? Uh, you know, it could be a Reinhardt meta. It could be a Doomfist meta. It could be a Fair enough. meta. Fair enough. I, I'm all for uh, Reinhardt meta, as I've said many times over. Reinhardt is the answer to everything. I knew, you, I knew you would say that, Chris. I have a and, question also regarding that. I mean, like you said, a lot of teams started uh, doing, you know, scrims and workshop modes before uh, you had access to the alpha. And there were different philosophies that started to come up. We saw a bunch of teams thinking that and putting all their, you know, uh, bets on the double flex support, for instance, was one mm-hmm. example. Would you say, like, it feels some some teams were vindicated and some were not without obviously mentioning and, and it suddenly feels like things mm-hmm. are reshuffled and people might be surprised with what transpires as the league uh, starts? Are you asking specifically in regards to double flex sport or in regards no, to just uh, well, build? Let's say both. <laughs> if you can comment on that and then generally. Uh, do you feel like if teams are scrambling now or maybe panicking, seeing as what they expected is going to come did not once access was given to Overwatch 2? No, I actually think, uh, like I said before, I think everyone actually did a pretty decent job of mm-hmm. building the rosters just because Overwatch is mm-hmm. still pretty similar right. to itself. Um, but, uh, I don't think anyone's philosophy in particular was, uh, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Everyone, Mm -hmm. everyone had a general idea of what was going in. And at the end of the day, it's still, uh, the play style and the players that are great at the mechanics, as well as just learning, uh, how to play the game, how to play it in scrims, working Mm -hmm. as a team. Those are all the important skills and the, and really, uh, working as a team and the mechanics are so important and the great players are the ones that you want anyway yeah that's the reason they were great and uh people who built that way in overwatch one and built that way in over and built that way just subconsciously off for overwatch two or consciously it's uh it just worked out so i don't think anyone was in particular had a building philosophy that was significantly better than anyone else's cool you know Thinking about that and then going to the, the roster that you have going into uh, the 2022 season, I mean, it is a clean slate. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, two seasons ago, you sort of had a like a 50-50 new 50 mm-hmm. that you'd kept over. But then yeah. the decision here was, okay, we're, we hit a reset button. I mean, was was that sort of a determination of we're going to start from ground zero, reevaluate, or was it more of a maybe we have a plan and we're going to pivot to that plan and this, this is – you know, the square peg round hole philosophy where great players, but don't quite fit into the the plan. I, I think part, part of it was just a full reset uh, for the team. Uh, but also it was also, we were going into a new game and realistically we just, uh, I thought that maybe we would uh, have something to trial on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> that was, uh, that would mean that, of course, we get to try a whole new game and see what works. Um, yeah. And that that kind of uh, led a big part of that decision because if we do get to just trial on a different game, then you, you get to test new skill sets and then maybe uh, a, a full blank slate is the best option. Um, 
that ended up not being the case and we ended up trialing on overwatch one but that that did play a very large portion of that philosophy just because uh we we were planning on testing if skill sets did transfer mm-hmm. you know and in, in looking at the the roster that you've assembled um mm-hmm. I mean, you are one of the the teams within the context of the single tank meta. Mm-hmm. Um, there seems to sort of be a, I'd say a 50-50 split where you have some teams who have sort of focused with a single true tank. Um, others who have multiple, a couple teams have three, uh, which seems significant in a single tank game. Uh, was that something that, that sort of built into the philosophy or was that more of based on the availability of who you maybe zeroed in on Mm -hmm. and in turn back to that synergy question, the idea of having someone who would fit. Yeah. I believe the split is actually eight, 12, or I guess with Vulcan, it's seven, 13 now in terms of teams that seven who have a single tank and 13 have a two tanks. Um, For, for that, uh, I think it's ideal to have, well, for one, uh, we we didn't actually come in with a with a certain mindset of uh, we wanted one or the other. Um, mm-hmm. It was just who can who can cover the bases, and if it if it if it takes two, then we'll take two. Uh, but once we uh, once we actually got to trialing, uh, certain things played out, and then. Uh, mm-hmm. But basically, I, I think a lot of the single tank teams are just. Uh, taking into account the flexibility you'll need throughout the map of having to switch between if you're a diva and then suddenly it needs to be Reinhardt or suddenly it needs to be Winston, that flexibility is needed and sure you can do that. But at the end of the day, it's probably ideal to have one person who's very flexible. And I think you'll find that some of the double tank teams have benched one of their tanks. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, the, and I, I guess on, on that note, and this is a question that we've sort of discussed as a podcast. And I that, guess just to tie back into that, I wouldn't say all of the teams have done that. Just just to clarify. Oh, yeah. no, no. Sorry. Yeah. The clarification, I didn't yeah. take it that way. But, uh, you know, I don't think anyone ever signs a contract to sit on a bench. I mean, yeah. professional anything, you want to compete. And yeah. I, I imagine that plays into it. Yeah. Um, didn't uh, Dallas still didn't uh, figure out a way to uh, fuse Hanbin <laughs> and Fearless, I guess, right? <laughs> that's that's the the new un, uh, unreleased hero where it's <laughs> it's like you know pacific rim there's two people who control one mind yeah um i actually want to go to a comment you had dropped in titans course so just as the roster was being announced yeah. uh, a question had come up hey do you have any plans to sign any additional players like a tank yeah. and you had sort of mentioned yeah we've, we've got an idea what we want maybe tank is it is that still in the works or is it now okay i think we're good with what we have knowing that we have a game yes yeah. again when you were answering these questions, the alpha wasn't yet accessible. So is that philosophy different now, or are we still sort of, yeah, you know what? We might go for a, a play here. Um, False has been actually incredibly uh, flexible and been able to learn quite a few of the different heroes. Um, at this time, I'm not looking to sign another tank. Uh, of course, back then we... False had no experience on main tank, and mm-hmm. he's, he turned out to be a really quick learner. And uh, while I wouldn't call it completely off the table, I also wouldn't say that it's likely that we would at this time. Okay. Is there 
maybe an eye to another area. And I, you know, not to suggest that I, we see any holes. I mean, mm-hmm. you are a team who has a name in every traditional uh, role yeah. type, but there are some where, you know, you know, we wonder, Hey, how are they going to fill that? And I would have to think, you know, even if you have sort of the roster you have, you're always looking to get just that much better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I'm, looking at anything right now i think uh yeah it's just uh is that it is that how it is right now (laughs) sounds to me like uh moth to san francisco is now confirmed now that we know the titans aren't interested (laughs) that you heard it here first justin confirmed it yeah exactly that's right words came out of jordan's mouth (laughs) (laughs) they often do Um, you know, looking at, uh, you know, the roster as well, you have everyone in Vancouver now, Mm -hmm. um, this'll be your first season uh, with the Titans where you have everyone together. Like I want to say that even last year, um, you're going to retire. I don't believe true true, was true ever in Vancouver. No. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, how, how much different is that experience and how will it play in? to how the, the team operates. Actually, it's uh, it's been a wonderful change uh, <laughs> just because uh, for, well, Psycho was uh, at home for the past, well, he just got here like two or three weeks ago because he was finishing mm-hmm. up high school. And then uh, <laughs> before that, we were uh, VOD reviewing and we just had like a mic while we were all in the same room. And sometimes we he has issues hearing us. And then uh, sometimes we have the TV set too loud and he just comes out blaring through the... <laughs> <laughs> the TV, <laughs> but um, it's uh, it's it's been really nice having uh, everyone here and being able to actually communicate and interact with each other. It it's been great, honestly. Uh, just not having to um, kind of wonder if someone heard something over the mic, or if <laughs> or if they're paying attention. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a it's a great change of pace. That's that's good to hear. I mean, I, I I have no experience in this space. I mean, the pandemic has obviously you know hit all of us in, in different ways. I've operated from home, but with what I do and my team, us connecting virtually is never so much an issue. Uh, but we don't have to uh, be counted on to have milliseconds difference in the clicking of mouse one <laughs> in, in our roles. So I can I can see how bringing you know a group together uh, helps. You know, with them in Vancouver, and this is just more of a, a question for those who are, are based in Vancouver, had had any of them been here before? Like, is this their first time here? Uh, sure. I think, no, not even Shockwave was here before. I think yeah, it was, that thing. of course, that was, I think that this was, was the season. Yeah, I think that this is every time everyone's first time in Vancouver on the team. And then I'm not even, I'm not even sure if False has been here before. What? Wow. Uh, I won't 100% say that, but I'm just not sure if, if he's been to yeah, Vancouver yeah. prior. Do you, know, do you know whereabouts False is actually from? I know he's Canadian, but... Uh, he's from the Toronto area. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Don't say it like, oh, as if it's a bad thing. All of our defiant <laughs> listeners yeah. now are probably queuing in. I have always said, if you're not from Toronto, you don't cheer for Toronto. We we break the, we break the mold a little bit here. That's all. Yeah. Um, with them in, in Vancouver, um, have they been, had an opportunity to go exploring, get out and about? I know one of the things that our community has always said, and this goes back to the first season, we would love to see the players experience Vancouver yeah. and, you know, looking eastward to the other team that we, we cover on this show, the Toronto Defiant, um, that's something we see a lot of. 
Yeah. Circumstance is different pandemic, please. You know, I'm not trying to suggest that that was easy to do, but has that happened? Oh, I mean, that being said, like, uh, aside from this past week, they've hit the club every day, every weekend. So <laughs> you that's remember, not a joke. <laughs> these are, these are all a bunch of early twenties guys, I think. So, oh, so, so what we're going to hear about is whether or not the Roxy flu, uh, transitions into esports. <laughs> Cause I know it's a big thing, uh, in NHL hockey. Um, you know, talking about, uh, this, this roster and into the, the game, what has the biggest surprise been? that you've seen you've borne witness to, and maybe not specific to your, your team, but just with overwatch too. Is there anything that you had perceived as being different? That's not the way it is or, or something that's, you know, just blown your mind. Um, this is actually not about maybe this, uh, this isn't necessarily about overwatch two, but in regards to overwatch one, um, basically we get a patch or we get some kind of change and almost instantly every, every coach had this generally the same idea. We'd all come out of coming our first day of scrims and everyone would have the same general idea of what was going to happen. Like two, three weeks ago, uh, the meta was not stable, um, (laughs) which is uh, not, not normal. Like it was a, like nothing would change, no, nothing patch wise would change, but comps would change and like pe- how people played would change. And it was just a, it was an evolution with no changes. And it's something that Overwatch hasn't seen in a while just because mm-hmm. people had such a good read on mm-hmm. how the game was played. Well, but now that it's evolving slightly, it's just a, the metas are evolving in real time. So uh, we're going to see a lot of legs in the, uh... In the meta, I imagine. Oh, who knows? Reinhardt. <laughs> We're looking for the Jews here. I mean, it's only a few days away. You can tell us. It's just us three and a few listeners. <laughs> we've we've never made it big on our cow. We've never made it, you know, big on any of the other big podcasts. Never. I mean, it's it's a bastion junker at meta. Oh, <laughs> that's spicy. Okay, I, I would be so much fun. I mean, I'm I'm for chaos. I love chaos. Bring me all the chaos. Um. You know, thinking about the the season ahead, um, you know, I asked you this question last year. I'm going to ask it again. Like, what are expectations? I know every team looks to to win, but mm-hmm. realistically, you know, you sort of have a, a goal in mind. And I think it would be unfair to not suggest that there are far too many, I think, in my mind, people who are down on the Titans. Like, yeah, these are people who have been following uh, the scene for a long time. Yeah. Um I I mean, obviously everyone's goal is to win, but I think a very solid middle of the pack finish is what we're looking at. I think what uh what you're seeing is a lot of us low on the tier list. And mm-hmm. I think what a, a lot of people are not realizing is that we had a player doing finals at, <laughs> for two weeks. Uh, okay. And we may not have had a flex DPS for two weeks. Uh we may <laughs> might have been a flex DPS meta during those two weeks. Ouch. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so the scrim bucks are are a lie. Um, but uh, things have been going much better for the past two weeks, and uh, I think that'll reflect it once we go into this weekend. I think I, I I actually completely understand why people have put us so low on their tier list because it's not their job to understand that one of our players was graduating high school. <laughs> Uh, which is a very important thing to do. Yeah. Um, I don't recall when I last graduated high school. <laughs> and I say last, really, it was only once, but 
might have been twice. Yeah, but now that we're now that we're actually all here and we're practicing all together as a team, things have been much significantly better. Oh, that's good to hear. You know, and I guess you know on that note, like there are many, us included. We had the Titans sort of on the the lower end, and our issue wasn't so much about team's not good it's team's gotten better mm-hmm. but it's what we perceive from the outside looking in as to other teams doing and it seems like a collective reset button was pushed mm-hmm. for the most part like very few teams not named shanghai kept a roster <laughs> and everyone sort of put brought in really you know what are perceived to be powerful pieces yeah is that fair for us to be suggesting like everyone has gotten better i think that's accurate i think everyone every year gets better um, I like to think of it as like, uh, the first year of Al was really bad because you had a lot of people who were closed into age, like 13 to 17, who were just incapable of playing an Al, but they got the game at the same time. They were just as good as these guys age in, they were better and casually replaced people. At this point, you get, you got players who turned 18 this year who have been playing the game for mm-hmm. what, five, six years now. And uh, with these rookies coming in, everyone did upgrade. And I think it's a, it's a fair statement. Um, but with that, I, I think at the end of the day, we're still quite competitive with quite a few teams. And I don't think people appreciate just how good a lot of these players are and how good they can be. Okay. You know, and I guess, you know, to sort of wrap up this discussion on the, on the Titans specifically, I mean, what is the most exciting thing, you know, fans of the Titans uh, should look to expect? I mean, last year it turned into breadsticks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to discount the the play. It just happened to be breadsticks became everything and anything. A sensation. Um, right. Mm-hmm. But this year, beyond breadsticks, which I'm sure people will be asking for, it's going to be synonymous with exclamation drops. What should what 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 we should we be excited this for? year? It's breadsticks too. Uh, this year, this year it's the wins. I, I really do think that we'll pro- outperform significantly what people think right now. Mm-hmm. Good answer. <laughs> oh, I'm I, I'm going to hold you to it. When we get back together next year, <laughs> I'll be like, okay, so you you, you did it, <laughs> awesome, or you didn't. What went wrong? And I hope it's that you did. Like I I envision, and maybe this is the bias showing. A Toronto Defiant Vancouver Titans grand final because it just makes for great podcast content. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at the, you know, Overwatch 2, um, one of the things that you're going to see within the context of a season is a much more streamlined approach to patches. Um, I would presume that'll include hero deployment, being that it would be part of a patch. Is that something that you've been given some insight into so that you can plan? And you don't have to tell us that, oh, here, like, hey, guys, hero such and such dropping. That's not what we're looking for. Unless you want to share, that's okay. (laughs) But is it still sort of, you know, I know as much as you know, and hopefully we we can work with it. Um, I don't think I can comment on that. can't say. I can't say. Okay. I'm not trying to get you into trouble. I mean, (laughs) but uh, I got to try. Looking back then, where you saw, you know, a patch happen sometimes Mm -hmm. mid-stage, not so much last year, Uh, no new heroes last year. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I remember, you know, for season two of Owl, hey, we're going to introduce a new tank, Sigma, Mm -hmm. boom. 
and it happens to be going into playoff time or yeah. how you'd have a meta shift where great now Zarya is so overpowered like how has that been as an, a general manager experience wise oh well i'll tell you two years ago was very irritating when uh <laughs> When the meta was perfect for us, we had Shred on Sigma, KSA on, I mean, sorry, Shred on Orisa, KSA on Sigma, Shockwave on uh, Ash, and then Dalton on Tracer. That meta was perfect. I, uh, we were going into a tournament, we got hit with a patch, and boom, Genji was meta. That was uh, <laughs> right, right before the tournament. Uh, those, are, those are definitely irritating. Um, I think the ones in between, like tournament cycles, th they're great. They revitalize uh, a lot of the changes. It, it gets, it does get irritating for us when it's mid-tournament cycle because then it's kind mm -hmm. of a. Not only are you adapting on the fly, you're adapting when your match could be in two weeks, or mm -hmm. what? It's a, it's a very short time frame to make those, make the necessary changes. Yeah. And, you know, from what I understand, I mean, based on what's been shared, I mean, these changes will occur, but they'll drop sort of like end of a stage or segment. You'll get your, what, week or two off where you can mm -hmm. play with it. Um, well, I guess you could have as much time as you want when the patch goes live in production, but at least within the context of the season. But looking at, you know, roster composition, is this where you might have a team who goes and has a full stack just so that they've built in? you know, potential meta flexibility when the Junkrat Bastion uh, meta shows up? Um, I'm sorry, I'm not too sure I understand the question. Could you... Uh... Well, I think, like, so, you know, I, I go back to a conversation we had had sort of last year mm -hmm. where um, the in your first season in Howl, you, uh, yeah, there was a, was it a Farah meta or whatever? Like, it, the meta shifted yeah. just sort of you had described. With Overwatch 2 and sort of new heroes you're still sort of i would imagine within scrims maybe there has been a defined meta but there's some understanding and sort of restructuring of how the roles will approach are there teams that go in and say hey we're gonna have a big roster because we've got in built-in flexibility we have an answer for everything whereas some other sides have gone with a smaller roster i mean yours included you have a little bit more but the point being is yeah. is that maybe why we're seeing these these large rosters still i actually think uh I think the average roster size has gone down to seven, down from eight last year, I think. But um, I actually think uh, players have gotten more flexible over time as well. Uh, just uh, just something that happens over time. It's been six years. The game is out, of course. So people are just becoming more competent and more at a, a larger variety of heroes. So uh, flexibility is definitely at an all-time high between players. And then uh, as for the larger rosters, uh, I'm trying to think of one in North America. I guess what would you define as a larger roster? Well, I mean, no, no one's really as, as large as Boston is right now. I think what Boston has nine, mm -hmm. um, nine signed, right? They got three tanks. They got three DPS. They've got oh, three support. Like, and then, you know, for us being again on sort of the outside, you've got five starting spots mm -hmm. and then you have a roster that's almost double that number. Is it just sort of, you know, planning for the possibility? I mean, and again, I know yeah. it's difficult for you to comment on Boston specifically, but there are other teams that have. Yeah. 
Um, I guess I'd have to assume that it's planning for flexibility, but uh, I, I can't. I'm not too sure exactly what the decision on their end is. And yeah. honestly, I'm not even sure how they use their players just because we play them so soon that we haven't scrimmed them in quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, good segue. You do play them real soon, Friday. Yeah. Um, you kick off the season. Last year, you said going into the season, Boston was like the rival. Um, <laughs> are they still the rival? Um, in a sense that uh, I'd like to three zero again. <laughs> uh, that's the goal. Um, other than that, I, I wouldn't necessarily call them a rival as much as it's a it's a goal to uh, maintain that because we we we, we uh, let that go last season. Let's not. I don't want that to happen again. <laughs> I have a question about uh, you. We did discuss about looming patches or how certain characters or new characters might affect the game. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't touch much about Sojourn, but I'm not that interested about that. Uh, in that, I was wondering how much did um, push affect uh, like the preparation? It's a whole new game mode, and and last year and the years prior, we saw that some teams had a knack for, let's say, playing control better or, or mm-hmm. playing uh, assault maps better. Does it feel like a really something that will steer up how teams approach the game? Do you feel like some styles work better for that uh, type of map or not? Or is it just another Overwatch map? Just uh, instead of a payload, now we have this robot pushing the barricade. Um. Oh, I, I think it's just the standard with Overwatch, where obviously certain playstyles will favor certain uh, uh, game modes. Mm-hmm. But um, outside of that, I mean, there, there's the natural just tendencies that teams have that may may give them a very slight bonus on certain game modes. But sure. other than that, it's not not it's not too much. Nothing significant. Um, on the topic of push, has your team given the name to the robot? Um, no. Can't say we have. <laughs> I, I had to ask. This is this seems to be a hot topic conversation in multiple team discords. Oh, I wonder what they call the robot. So I think uh, I'm trying to think, but I I think they just say the robot. I think you should just call them the Boston Uprising so you can push them around. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you heard it here from Justin through Jordan's mouth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, you know. Looking sort of at the, the league as well, I mean, we're, we're seeing uh, changes within the context of the season, a return to live events. Uh, the uh, season actually kicks off down in Texas with a, with a big live event. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toronto had announced uh, that uh, they'll be hosting uh, the Summer Showdown, mm-hmm. uh, which um, is pretty cool. Obviously, real big event. Um, hopefully, Toronto and you are, are in it. Makes it for much better content for us. Is that something that uh, might happen here in Vancouver or is that anything that, you know, you could even say there's been discussions about or, or are we sort of going to see more of a, a slow transition? Cause I know the watch party this weekend, you know, will be a team meet and greet. In that. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be completely honest, uh, that's just a side of the business that I don't really handle. So I, I just have no clue. Okay. Well, I, again, ha- have to ask, uh, that is something that has actually come up in, in Titans Cord. Yeah. Um, you know, when's Vancouver hosting the grand final? <laughs> Very, very valid, very valid and reasonable conversation points. Um, 
if you were in charge though of of let's say the Overwatch League, uh, Sean Miller, he uh, wins the lottery. I wish him all the best. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Justin Hughes has just been promoted to this new uh, role, uh, head of Overwatch League and still GM of Vancouver Titans. I'm sure you could balance it with no bias. <laughs> Is there anything that you would look to do for this season? Um, you know, not necessarily different, but maybe would look to add to or would would want to see more of? Um, for this season in particular, uh, it, it's so set in stone in my mind that there's not there's not much that uh, I would want to change. My my changes that I would look for are much broader in the sense that I would probably take a bit more time than something that could be implemented right now. Uh, I, I would like to see some form of growth in just smaller regions, just to like uh, it, it's silly to call EU a smaller region, but realistically they only have two teams. I would love to see some yeah. growth there as well as just uh, other smaller passionate regions that uh, I think not so well deserve some, some like, eyes on them i think uh we've seen in other games that these smaller regions can't compete and they create some great storylines and and that's something i would love to see for overwatch yeah well i guess you know coming from you know the tier two scene as you did and tier two has much more of the regionalized yes play to it Uh, uh, not to suggest al doesn't it's just it is is different and when we we think of the season that we're going to see the season we just saw there were two regions Mm -hmm. um who distinctly had differences between the two but they're not balanced yeah and you know do you foresee there maybe being an approach to balance this some way or do you think this is just more of here's we're operating still sort of under the maybe the pandemic rules that are at play um on that end i just uh that's that's something that i i just wouldn't know or have the answer to really so can't really comment on that one (laughs) but they don't pick up the hey justin so (laughs) We got an idea here. Uh, Jordan, it looked like you wanted to ask a question. Oh, okay. No, no, just scratching my head. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's like an auction. You, you make a slight move, and I, I think you're calling in. Um, I guess if, if I were to then talk about Overwatch 2 specifically, mm-hmm. uh, the, the beta yeah. has gone live. Um, you know, I finally got into it, having had to go a full week of Jordan and Ani here. Uh, you know, giving me the gears as to not having access. And Jordan here, he's a console player. So he didn't even get to experience it. So he just got to rub it in. That's right. Um, you know, how, I, I mean, again, this might be too broad of a question to, to ask you, but how do you think the excitement of this beta will play in to the season? I had have to think the marketing side of the business say, Hey, let's, let's time this to, to really build some hype. But then, Will that hype be able to be maintained? Because there has been a content drought. And once mm-hmm. sort of the beta goes away, we're sort of back into a production game that isn't getting as as much. Yeah. Um, in regards to having it build hype, I think uh, the day that Owl launches... Uh, this basically in this coming weekend, uh, you'll, you'll probably see some form of uptick with players just wanting to see how it's played on a pro level and kind of just uh, assessing how the pros play it. Um, other than, so what you're telling me is the Sojourn, you know, hard lock is going to turn into a Bastion hard lock. Uh, well, 
Junkrat as Bastion, well. Bastion Junkrat. Meta. Yeah, it, you heard it here it's, first. It's, it's really it, it plays around the Junkrat. It, the, the Bastion is just complimentary. Okay. <laughs> um, but when it comes to uh, just uh, in regards to maintaining hype, um, or I guess on the marketing side of things, it's hard for me to comment on that because again, it's something that's just out out of my field. It's a uh, not not exactly in my wheelhouse to even uh, comment on or have the knowledge on really would you say that like from seeing the players play and scrim did that give them like this boost or uh you know a second you know breath of fresh air now that they can experience new content and heroes to mess around with would you say that's something that helps despite it being obviously a new thing they need to remaster or relearn did you see more like revitalized motivation and grinding Uh, and yeah um I mean, change is always uh, it always spurs that in players. Mm-hmm. They're they're naturally competitive people, and uh, I think just having the changes to grind and learn and have the opportunity to just build cohesion as well is something that's uh, has helped in that aspect in, in, for like their grind mentality. Have they missed shields CC <laughs> um, that off tank role? I, I I can't say that shields and CC have been uh, the point of contention. I mean, <laughs> uh, you, you'll 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 still hear some people be like, "Oh, I I, I wish I had a, another tank," but I mean that's expected. It's a uh, you you had the you had the same game for almost six years. It's a uh, of course you're gonna just gonna have some kind of nostalgia about it. I think uh, the reduction of one tank is gonna help the viewer experience pretty significantly though i mean they're they're i mean the the visual clutter was a little on the extreme end <laughs> towards the end there lots of shields lots of lots of stuff going on on screen i think that it'll work to really reduce that though okay you know and i guess a question that's going to tie into sort of an area i want to talk on next um with the launch of the new engine and the new game have there been any new tools given to you uh from an analysis perspective like is there stuff on the back end that you have i mean i ask this because on the front end that we've seen i mean the scoreboard's different like how we're seeing the presentation of information is different and i would think that there might be something else that helps you know you know this in mind i mean overwatch when it launched overwatch league didn't exist Mm -hmm. and so now you have a platform that i would think you'd build into um or again, I don't want you to go to jail like Christine <laughs> might suggest. If you can't say, I understand, but uh, this one I can just probably just say flat out no. Um, okay. In regards to this, it's just a, uh, it's it's just the same old, same old. There's not uh, the the scoreboard is of course nice to have. You can get numbers more easily, but uh, in regards to just uh, pulling like the nitty gritty of stats, it's uh, it's still going to be a, a difficulty. So, you know, as I said, it's a segue into the sort of the questions here. Is your role still sort of the, you know, uh, I don't know how to, to phrase it, like, you know, cross uh, uh, different things, like your general manager, but last year when we spoke, you were also uh, the analyst yes. uh, within the, yeah. the context of the team, right? Uh, Pew and Flubby focusing on the coaching. That still remains to be the uh, the operation with the three of you at the helm? Yeah. the uh, I guess the only difference is last year I was the assistant GM and then this year I'm the actual GM. 
and then uh I'm still the data analyst for the team and then uh but as a GM I just take care of more stuff on that end and then sometimes it's the stats will fall behind and I'll just take a day and catch up. Gotcha. So so with that bump from a assistant to GM now when there's a problem like maybe they make some changes in Titans cord and we don't like them we can send them your way like that's that's what that means, right? Oh, I mean uh I'm not I'm not going to say that but <laughs> <laughs> So like, yeah, you know, I got my breadsticks and they were cold and uh, I can speak to you about that, right? Like, well, I mean, for one, Pizza Hut would never do that. Their breadsticks are always quality uh, and they're a great product. <laughs> they they will always come perfect. I'm not entirely sure if hashtag ad needs to be applied, <laughs> but if it does, hashtag ad. Um, you know, as we sort of wrap things up, uh, you know, when it comes to sort of how you operate the organization uh, or not the organization, but like operate, do you look at other organizations and say, Hey, you know, I like, we like what they do and, and, you know, we're going to take that, you know, and try to integrate ourselves. And if so, is there an example that you might be able to provide? And it doesn't necessarily have to be out. I imagine there's some pretty cool things that happen in the tier two scene. I mean, goats as a meta did not happen in owl first. Mm -hmm. And suddenly it became everything that was anything. And one of the reasons why we saw so many drastic changes we did. Yeah. Actually, um, there are some organizations we take examples off of, and but not – well, I'm sure we, we've stolen some ideas from Owl as well on just like certain processes. Mm-hmm. But this offseason off season specifically, uh, Steve Ali and I took some time to uh, read uh, – sorry, Flubby and Pew and I uh, <laughs> took, took some time with uh, reading quite a few books in regards to the – all blacks, the New Zealand uh, rugby mm, team. Okay. And just how they go about handling their team, their team culture, uh, basically really building that unity and that mentality of really a successful culture. And if any, if we're, if we're modeling ourselves off of any organization or stealing ideas from anywhere, I would have to say it's from them. It's not exactly an owl team, but uh, I really like how, just, just from what I've read, I really like how uh, they handle their team. I really like how um, their team culture is, and uh, we've we've tried adopting quite a few ideas from them. Nice. So, is there going to be like a pregame ritual similar to the Haka that the uh, All Blacks <laughs> use, like to to intimidate your opposition? Like when you play Boston on Friday, you know, are, is is the team jumping into comms and doing something? Like- no, we're really just working on like having the biggest biceps in the team on, <laughs> in Owl so that when we walk on stage, it's just immediate intimidation. We don't need some kind of uh, <laughs> really. It's just gotcha. uh, an aura, if you will. Or you could just okay. play the most buff heroes in game and do some emote to, like, well, your flex. Yeah. That will work. Right. <laughs> False will be standing next to the robot, just doing flexi mode and saying, come here. That's exactly all the entire match will be. Um, wrapping things up, a few quick hits. Uh, I know I asked you this uh, last uh, time, but other than Overwatch, uh, what you've been playing? Um, I actually haven't played much outside of Overwatch recently, but in regards to just games I generally play, I'd say Oxygen not included. I've... Uh, logged a lot of hours on that in the past year i don't know if you know what that is it's a it's like a building resource simulator kind of game mm-hmm. yeah i've logged a logged a lot of hours into that one last year is you know and is this something like sort of the team has been doing on the team building side like are there titles like i know like thinking back last year there were actually a couple times where they would be streaming together and playing all sorts of different titles um 
last last year game. and two years ago, we we had like a, a team Minecraft server that the uh, players would just play on, just to like <laughs> let loose, do whatever they want, just chill. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they had some fun on that. We haven't uh, done that this year yet, but I think uh, there's been less of a need to because everyone's actually here, so there mm-hmm. there doesn't need to be that like remote video game connection. Now we can actually just yeah. go out and be together and have fun. Okay, so like no, uh, no four man uh, golden eye on a <laughs> SNES, you know, no odd jaw slappers and only nothing like that. No, not quite. I mean, that's a game. Actually, were you were you around when that game yes. came out? I have, okay, good, because I I would imagine that game is probably too old for many who are on your team. Yeah, um, showing my age. <laughs> oh my here. gosh, there was a oh, Steve and I uh, false was asking what something was, and then. Uh, Steve was like so offended. I can't remember what it was. He was just like, dude, we're, he looks at me and like, dude, we're ancient. And I'm just, oh God, I can't remember what it was. Uh, well, I, I mean, I can speak to the number of times having gone to some of the live events when they were a thing, when I would reference something or even on our show where I'll drop an analogy thinking it's so like pop culture. How could this not be known? Yeah. Oh, hey, okay, boomer. Just mention the name of, of our podcast. Uh, that's all you need to do. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, apologies to Avril. We're still using the word pwn in 2022. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for uh, joining us here, Justin, as we uh, get ready for, for the season. Um, hopefully, we can get you back uh, at some point during to do a, a quick touch-in so we don't have to save everything for, for the end and obviously into 2023. But any final words you want to share to all of our listeners? Um. Nothing in particular. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, I can't wait for you guys to see just what we can do as a team. Awesome. Well, you'll see uh, the Vancouver Titans uh, in action this weekend, kicking things off against the Boston Uprising on Friday, followed by a match against the London Spitfire on the Sunday. And if you happen to be going to the watch party on uh, Sunday at the Sports Bar at Rogers Arena, you get to do a meet and greet with the team. And maybe you get to meet Justin, so you can you know talk to him in person and tell him, whether or not you agree with his hot takes or give him a heck for lying about the Bastion uh, Junkrat. <laughs> uh, who said that's a lie? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was me. Maybe I got it wrong. Maybe you heard it here first. Yeah. Imagine we just roll out on that now. Oh, God bless. <laughs> <laughs> As we dive into the fray here, uh, I just want to thank Justin for for joining us again. It was a fun little uh, interview. I wish we could tell you everything he told us after mm. we click stop. <laughs> I mean, maybe he didn't tell us anything. You'll never know. He, maybe he told applauded. us everything. He applauded my uh, my love for the Washington Justice. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did that. I mean, it was actually getting kind of embarrassing, um, but. Uh, you know, thanks again, Justin, uh, for, for joining us. Hopefully we can get him back again, uh, maybe at the midway point of, of this season. Uh, but before we sort of dive into the rest of everything that's going on with the Overwatch League, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming uh, schedule for the weekend. We've already talked about the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant, so let's talk about uh, what else is happening. 
On Thursday, kicking off the season are the Los Angeles Gladiators taking on the New York Excelsior. The next match at 1.30 p.m. Pacific, uh, uh, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, Paris Eternal are taking on the San Francisco Shock. And winding up Thursday is the Atlanta Rain and the Florida Mayhem. On Friday, the San Francisco Shock will beat the London Spitfire <laughs> to nothing. The Vancouver Titans are going to beat the Boston Uprising, according to three of us. And then uh, the Houston Outlaws take on the Dallas Field in the Battle of Texas. Saturday kicks off, as we already know, with the Toronto Defiant beating the Washington Justice, followed by the New York Excelsior taking on the Atlanta Reign, and the Los Angeles Gladiators taking on the Boston Uprising. And the full slate of games on Sunday has the Vancouver Titans beating the London Spitfire, the Florida Mayhem taking on the Paris Eternal, the Dallas Field taking on the Washington Justice, and in a split uh, decision 2-1, to one, uh, the Houston Outlaws are going to beat the Toronto Defiant. But, uh, you know, looking at the matches, and actually, before I do, no Eastern Division play because it's on a two-week sort of pause due to the, the situation with the pandemic. Um, but what matches here strike you as as the ones to watch? I like the opening match a lot. Uh, Gladiators versus uh, NYXL. Hmm. Uh, I do sorry, think... sorry, it's it's not NYXL. It's the New York Excelsior. Excelsior, or Excelsior okay, operated yeah. by NYXL. Yeah, right. That one. TM. <laughs> I don't think um, New York has uh, uh much of a shot to to win this match but just like looking at a first match coming back into the season overwatch 2 and them being back in in the na region will be interesting to see so that's the one i'm looking at on may 5th and uh another one that i it's you know a clear winner here is houston versus dallas what's well, and it's a live event exactly like, I, I can't wait to hear the crowds exactly it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be pretty pretty lit as the kids these days say is, is that what the kids <laughs> say yeah lit? yeah it's uh i guess it's 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 the new version of pwn right? ah i got you <laughs> gotcha so we should be we should be ready set lit That's ready set lit <laughs> it's not, not bad not bad That's a great idea <laughs> uh, i actually had one match uh, and that was the the battle of texas but you've convinced me that getting to watch the first one because it's overwatch 2 we'll get to see what the meta might be the experience the broadcast and all that mm. yeah I'm, I'm gonna agree la and uh, new york is uh, is it for me so well then in that case let me praise the gospel of the florida mayhem because i am stoked mm. for the atlanta rain versus florida match really i had it as a 3-0 for atlanta <laughs> oh oh you hurt me i have it okay this is definitely a lot of a lot of copium here i have florida taking it three to two. Ooh, that's <laughs> yes that's spicy that goes against all uh logic um which is perfectly fine <laughs> but you know, even my own power rankings, I have Florida in 14th and uh, Atlanta in 7th. Um, so there's going to be a gap, but I'm hopeful. With everything I've heard about Florida, um, it seems like they might be kind of a dark horse, one of the one of the teams that has a lot of punch-up potential. Um, and because of that, I'm really excited to see them play. And I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, being the start of the season being both of those teams first games being the first uh, day of the season and everything. I'm really hopeful that they can come out swinging, come out strong. Yeah. Maybe they get, you know, a lucky map or two. Um, and I think if they, if, you know, if they start off on the right foot, it could really light a fire uh, under Florida and and we could see them start rolling. Um, 
maybe it shows a little less confidence in Atlanta. Um, like I said, I do have Atlanta yeah. pretty high up in my own power rankings. Um, but I, I'm hopeful that there could, you know, like I say, maybe a lucky map or two and Florida gets on a roll kind of thing. So I, I like that. I mean, there, there has to be like a, an upset or two just going in. So it, it, it does have the potential for that. So. All right. Preaching the gospel. It's working. <laughs> okay. You know, I don't, I didn't understand how it was possible to be, you know, pumping the copium through the internet so that Omni starts breathing it in deep there, but uh, <laughs> you go guys, you keep, you keep on uh, keeping on. You're not convinced. eh? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Maybe, maybe the uh, uh, Sunday match with Florida will be a little uh, closer Florida versus yeah. Paris, but hmm. But uh, if you happen to be watching the Overwatch uh, League action this weekend, there's uh, going to be quite a bit uh, that will be in it for you. First and foremost, uh, uh, essentially, perks are back. Make sure you've linked your uh, Battle.net account to your YouTube account, because when you're watching on YouTube, you're earning yourself owl tokens. You can cash in for all sorts of your favorite skins. Oh, yeah. So you want to do that. And it's a double token weekend. So obviously, all the time that you're investing is earning you even more. Two, if you don't happen to have access to the Overwatch 2 beta yet, they have said they are handing out 1,500 keys, which Ooh. is interesting because it's not an actual key. It just gets added to your Bnet account. But 1,500 people every hour who are watching will be granted access to the Overwatch 2 beta. Um, I need to point out I have access to it now. I did the four hours of watching Seagull uh, actually on uh, on that first day. No, that and I, finally, stream. I finally got it. But uh, uh, if you don't have it, that's that's how you can get in on this. Uh, two is that uh, there have been sort of rumors as there being sprays and, and what have you, unlockable mm. sort of uh, digital cosmetics. I haven't actually seen anything specific about this weekend. So I, I'd, I'd like to say, oh, this is what you'll get, but haven't quite seen that. Um, and then there was some scuttlebutt as well. And this is not so much for viewers, but if you happen to attend a live event, apparently there are codes handed out there too. Mm. Uh, that's something that happened a few years back. So it would make sense that there's there's more to be had. Um, the other thing is that uh, the uh, Overwatch League pickums are back, and so if you recall with the pickums, you go and you lock in your uh, your predictions, and you need to lock them in. It is a matter of submitting them, and you need to have them submitted in time because the entire day locks. But if you were to do that, uh, you then get to brag about how awesome you are, not only with the Overwatch League, but hopefully in an RSP uh, uh, leaderboard too. I would love to say, search for it, find it. But right now, it still says it's in beta and it's not yet ready. So just like Overwatch itself, the pickums are in beta. Well, once once it's uh, out and we get to do the groups, uh, I'm sure we'll do, you know, the podcast group as well, like we did last year. Remind me who won that. I don't remember. It's it's <laughs> so long ago. Um, let's see. Yeah, no, I don't remember. It was, it, I think it was Sam. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else has been going on in the Overwatch League? Well, the Chengdu Hunters last week, we had said rumors were they were Chengdun. They're kind of Chengdun. I mean, there have been some changes, and they're not as drastic um, as uh, you know the rumors would have, have led everyone to believe. the uh, The thing about this, though, and and I want to sort of get your your thoughts on the matter, is that uh, you know they've they've parted ways with Evotol, Creed, Faraway, and our Arpita. Aprita. 
A Prita, sorry. Mm-hmm. Would those, like, <sighs> I feel that those weren't necessarily the names or all the names that uh, people had thought would be. Yeah. I think it turned out to not be as bad as maybe a lot of people suspected, but I think it's still going to be a shame not to see um, the Aprita leave combo that I think a lot of people were pretty stoked on. Um, I think they probably did everything they could to keep leave, but it obviously is a shame for, for those that have been let go at this point and probably don't have a chance of being picked up by another team. Yeah, it's a shame that it's happened so late into, you know, the, the preparations for the season. Uh, like you said, though, they're not completely, like, trashed here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. some some uh, predictions said, like, keeping Gaga, I'd say, and leave. It's interesting that they have actually added another player. Um, well, they had to. Yeah. Because they, they needed to minimum. ensure they were the league minimum. Mm-hmm. They did lose, of course, a Prita, like you said. That would have been one of the best if... Well, probably a top three uh, DPS duo in the league, and yeah. we don't get that. Jinmu is fine, but apparently a Prit is, is a big upgrade over that, and and Leave will have to carry the load a little bit more. They lost a bit of uh, depth with with the healer side as well. Um, I'd put them, you know, not not as high as we we all ranked them, and we of course addressed that a little bit. They're about the same level as as a Philly Fusion to me, so they should still feel pretty confident in, in beating like a team like a Valiant or, or Guangzhou in my eyes. So it's it's good that, you know, I'm happy that we don't have like a really bad, bad team uh, in the league. Uh, I was worried that we're going to have another uh, Valiant or Shanghai or, or Vancouver <laughs> situation mm-hmm. uh, this season. So that's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's a yeah. shame, but it is what it is at this point. And Strip- as we sort of got into it last week, it's something the league needs to address and, and stop. They yeah. can't continue to have teams making so many drastic deletions, right? Like it, player movement will probably always exist in some way, shape or form, but to have a team suddenly hit a reset yeah. button days before a season kicks off, it, gotta sort that out. It almost seems like there should be a, I mean, like you don't want to call it a lock. You don't want to say, okay, your roster's locked in for the start of the season, you know, two, three weeks out or whatever, but it almost seems like that's, that's what they should do. They should say your roster is set as of, I don't know, whatever, 15 days before the league starts, 20 days before the league yeah. starts until one week into the season, then you can start making moves again or something like that. It seems it's kind of weird that that would be a thing, but you know, I don't know how else they get around it. Right. How, yeah. How do you protect that? Like if, if a company yeah, exactly. goes bankrupt, like the, yeah. the people <laughs> no, need to, I mean, what can you do? and, uh, the, yeah. the the thought I have here is actually, I mean, it goes back to the guaranteed contract. Like if you sign a player to a contract, mm. there needs to be some guarantee mechanism because the fact that you can easily release to save yourself money this late in the sure. game, all the power rests with the organization. Now, how do you protect from a bankruptcy or what have you? I mean, a mechanism to go about doing that is having, you know, salaries or contract values placed in trust or a portion of it or, or some right. form of, uh, of, of, you know, structure, but again, yeah. it's just, if you, and again, I, I, I am a firm believer. If you want to look as if you're a professional operation, you can't have organizations doing this each and every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's the bigger issue. It's not the fact that it's happening now. It's the fact that this is the 
third time by my count that this has happened, right? Between Vancouver, which I mean, was a little different because the season was a couple months in and COVID blah, blah, blah. But between that, between Los Angeles Valiant and now this, it's it's becoming some form of a pattern, which is not something you want to see. Um, speaking of other uh, player movement, uh, we've had three additions uh, outside of the uh, subtractions in Chengdu. Uh, the New York Excelsior announced that they had added Vulcan to the roster. The Chengdu Hunters added Daisy, who is their minimum uh, number. And then uh, the Los Angeles uh, Valiant, who are running a very deep <laughs> DPS lineup, added uh, Haker to that uh, that group. What is it, five now? Yeah. They have for DPS? Yeah. I think, yeah, it, it's strange. The The additions themselves are, like, very lackluster in a way, and I don't mean to, like, offend anyone or, or, or the, these players. I'm sure they're good, but, like, it feels like they really were brought along to, to fill that, you know, a gap. I'm not really sure what's going on with with the hacker. I, I think that's how it's pronounced because he's, like, a, a, a somber player, so... I guess that's kind of a time, especially for uh, New York Excelsior. It took so long for them to find that particular player, right? Well, and and I mean, it took long to find. It took long to announce. I mean, they've yeah. they've had the player signed, and, and just the fact that it's like a, a, an American player that is being is being inserted into a fully Korean roster is kind of odd to me. So, not really sure. Uh, how he fits and how much uh, play time he's going to get. Do we think something fell through? Do we think they had the league minimum with another player? And then uh, given they are playing in North America, maybe a visa or something didn't mm. look like it was coming through. And they said, we need to make a shift quick um, yeah, or something that, like that. No, I think, you know what, that, that might be, might be something at it play is, here, right? It's extremely odd. Like it's a weird, yeah, you look, I mean, like my, comparison point kind of would be san francisco what happened with super and Kaluge, Kaluge coming in you know i i know i had also talked about the fact early on what back when that was announced that it seemed a little bit like as soon as the announcement about super happened they already had Kaluge, mm-hmm. and that made me wonder was Kaluge coming along for the ride anyways and super was more of the question mark is he going to stay is he going to go yeah. um and then obviously they had they wanted to say, okay, super's gone. Here's our sort of, you know, not replacement, but our, our, our person to fill the gap. Um, so whereas, what you're saying is Drake fell through. They couldn't, they couldn't get Drake out of the six. <laughs> Apparently he, he didn't want to make the jump. I mean, I think there's some validity to that thought. We'll never know. Yeah. Of or course. if we do find out, it'll be so long down the road <laughs> and it'll be a footnote, but mm-hmm. um all the teams have their their players lined up allegedly, and uh, again, things kick off on a Thursday. Um, moving along, uh, I did want to touch on uh, Overwatch Two a little bit now that I have had an opportunity to experience it, but also um, talk a little bit about what we should expect as it relates to the game we're going to be watching this weekend. Uh, to any Overwatch League team that thought there was going to be a ball meta, I'm so <laughs> sorry to disappoint you. Um, if you don't know. Uh, a game-breaking bug uh, was discovered with uh, with Wrecking Ball. Um, I was watching a, a clip uh, on on Reddit, and uh, Super wiped his lobby. Um, 
with ball. Imagine someone doing that during a game at Overwatch League. <laughs> but uh, to to fix this game breaking issue, they have they have actually disabled a ball. Poor so guy. If, if if there was going to be a ball meta, if there truly was, I mean, we don't know. Talk about having to get to back to the the drawing board yeah. pretty darn quick. Overwatch uh, heroes should also get like unionized because they're just going to be like <laughs> disabled so quickly. It's unbelievable. Well, but it's it's funny how like you know we're learning these things, and that's really what a you know a beta is meant to be. We're supposed hmm. to find some of the bugs and things that aren't working, right? Like someone had shared a picture of one of the um, the sort of uh, lighting artifacts. I can't. I think it might have been in. Um, king's row but it shows a like a a stained glass window but the sort of reflection on the ground is upside down Mm -hmm. like you know stuff like that that's what you discover in a beta it's just that in this particular scenario a lig is going to operate on this beta and you know as we talked to justin about uh you know meta the fact that the vulk bug did not get discovered until it went live to us i think indicates how much mercy uh, was uh, was getting play at the pro level because there ain't no way that Vulk bug makes it through the alpha. Yeah. Um, if if she was in in full on play. But uh, the uh, the actual development team had committed to providing a greater level of communication to us as the the general public uh, when it came to what to expect with Overwatch two and and production and and what have you. And true to their word, uh, they actually published a, a blog post about uh, what they've been seeing with the the beta. Uh, they've actually called it the week one and plan on publishing a post on a weekly basis. We'll wait to see weeks two and three to see if that commitment holds true. Mm-hmm. But uh, a few things that they had shared over the course of uh, this post is that um, what they've been seeing data-wise has been showing that uh, there is a, a relative amount of balance uh, amongst the uh, the three roles uh, within the the game, and while the general feeling the support is supports hurting, their data doesn't necessarily show that. I'm curious if it's because they're seeing people like me playing flex and going support, support, support. I am not doing that because I love playing support. I'm doing that because I don't want to wait in ten minute queues <laughs> if I were to select a you know tank, for instance. Yeah. Um. But they do feel that, uh, you know, support heroes, while they're in a good space because they've added the the passive heal over time effect and, and what have you, they are looking at ways to maybe help on the mobility side because they no longer have the protection of the off tank and they seem to be uh, easy targets for a dive. Um, they also suggested the reason the queue for support is, is so low is that it's not that people don't like playing it. It's that there's nothing new and fancy about yeah. it. Yeah. And I found that interesting. They sort of allude to the fact that there might be more coming into the mix, but nothing, nothing specific, like no new support heroes. I just want Anna to get her darn jet back. <laughs> yeah. Or the Fulton uh, recovery system. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Supports, they, they need some love. I mean, I, I saw, I don't, I think it was on Reddit. Someone posted that we didn't have like a new support hero for like 1100 days or something like that released. Mm-hmm. And and it feels uh, pretty old now. Like the the newest support is Moira, and I feel like uh, she's been played a bunch, and people are happy with how Lucia performs. But they didn't get anything like new, like in the tanks uh, 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 lineup where you know characters were re- reworked and and Doom and Onorisa and then 
Sojourn, of course, on, on the DPS side and, you know, DPS generally being a very uh, popular role to play. So healers, yeah, like it's hard to get excited about like a passive, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, region. It's, 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 it even has the word passive in it. So <laughs> I'm curious. Sorry, Omni, if you weren't finished, keep going. No, uh, on that matter, I had a, a couple of other things to, to say about their, um, you, you know, article or the week one uh, update. But on the no, on the case of supports, that's all I had. I'm curious what you guys think <clears throat> is the closest, I guess, competition for Overwatch as a game. What game is the best comparison point for what Overwatch wants to be. Because in my mind, I go to Apex Legends and I go to Valorant. And both well, it's of- not Valorant anymore. Well, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, along the lines of hero selection. Paladins? Um, <laughs> is that thing still alive? And that's the thing is Overwatch is such a unique game yeah. in that it does want you, regardless of the fact that Overwatch 2 seems to be shifting to a more individual friendly game it's still the only one of those games that really focuses on roles because mm-hmm. you can you can go into a match in apex and you don't have to have a character who has a heal ability you can go well, into a match in valorant and same kind of thing you don't if, need to have a character that can dish out heals obviously it will help but yeah. if you're skilled enough it's just a different style of game whereas overwatch you have these distinct roles that are always going to have to fulfill a certain role. If you have a support player who's not dishing out heals, more often than not, they're getting spammed in the chat, right? Or over yeah. mic. So the, I, I think the point of like Apex in a comparison there, though, is that if Apex in the competitive scene had a GOATS meta, <laughs> right? Like, let, let, let's be honest. I mean, Blizzard introduced the, the roles as mm-hmm. they are defined to. F- finally combat what goats was yeah. doing to the yeah. game. Yeah. And you know, I, we had talked on, on this particular show of, of different sort of approaches they could have taken. And while goats may have still existed sure. in a, some, some way, shape or form, I think having five V five, I'm, I'm almost of the belief that, you know, you need one of each role mm-hmm. and, you know, from there provide, you know, a little more flexibility. Like if you wanted to go one support, one tank, mm-hmm. three DPS or something like that, or, you know, um, you, you, you know, maybe have a maximum or something. I don't know mm-hmm. in the current game, you could have two tanks like that. That role now has been so exactly now that it's been know, reworked, the, reworked. Yeah. But like, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I just, yeah. you know, I don't think you can sort of say this is the way it is because yeah. overwatch I feel is in its own space. Like mm-hmm. I hear so many people, Oh, it's, it, it competes against Valorant. How Valorant competes against counter-strike. It's counter-strike yeah. with magic. Mm. And I mean, oh yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's mostly the, the hero based gameplay of each of those, because you look at, you look at what apex does with hero announcements and new characters coming into the game. And the same goes for Valorant. Valorant, you know, it's always this hype, this sort of event when, Hey, we're dropping a new character in three days. And then there's this big trailer about the story and the lore and they come in and they have a new kit and everything. And that's, I think where the comparison point is, is really being made, but you're right. It is a, very much uh, competing with Counter-Strike on the Valorant side and Apex, maybe even a little bit more Call of Duty, but yeah. yeah. 
the for me before we you know proceed to another topic uh overwatch yeah it's unique in a way that it like rewards uh team play but at the end of the day the problem of support and and while i do play a lot of support you are a lot of the time you're just a glorified mobile health pack mm-hmm. and in a way i feel like the best supports are the one that can make massive plays and you always even though you're you're part of a team you want to be you want to have impact on the outcome of the match that's why like uh, uh, anna is a greatly designed character where she can you know uh put a sleep dart on an ulting genji and you essentially win the fight and and uh lucio I've can have good those at that <laughs> i don't wake them up anymore either oh that's awesome and like lucio can have those huge uh, uh boops off the map and then zen can frag out we, we even had like an mvp jonak who uh, literally revolutionized the, the entire character but like when you look at a character like mercy in the past sure she had those multi-person uh uh res abilities now she's just like a heal bot a heal slave and and and, and I, I i don't see a lot of fun in that for the majority of people and that's where i think support really gets hurt in that transition to five to five like what's my place in this role am i just like someone who who constantly shoots at the uh, the tank or the dps and then when someone flanks at me uh am i like a burden now and nobody like comes back to peel that's why i feel like they really are facing a, a tough challenge and then the same way in the same way that like nobody wants wanted to play tanks in 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 uh overwatch one or like your your uh uh main role is to get that space or or hold up a shield and that's kind of like, like what support players are facing now in a way so they need to find out how to make that more rewarding and more impact impactful for the game because the only way you can get like impact uh, impact the game really easily is in a, nev- a negative way which is even more problematic uh so uh you know if you 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 do your job well you don't get recognized for it if you do your job badly you you can be uh uh you can guarantee that you're gonna hear about it. it's like you know reviews for a restaurant you know you're more likely to to post a negative one instead of like a a good one unless it's like phenomenal and then it's <laughs> a little bit tough uh right now for uh supports yeah, and I, you know, like Mercy is actually a good example. Mercy's your low berry support. She's the entry character, right? She's the the legs of the support lineup. But legs um, is fun, and Mercy no, but is I, not. I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to suggest fun, but that's part of the yeah. problem. Is sure. that you think about the roles that you're saying? Like, who would be the entry level tank? I think it's Reinhardt. You have two jobs: uh, either hold a square up swing or swing a hammer. Yeah, right. Like it's it's these these entry level characters, but it is like with Mercy. You know, when do you see Mercy contribute anything more than a yellow or a blue stream, right? It's on occasion or when the Mercy gets bored. And I, I hate like how, you know, in in the current production game or even to some respect in Overwatch 2, when suddenly someone like, we need a Mercy, you need to go Mercy. Dude, I'm, I'm queuing in support and I'm playing whatever support hero I want. But I, I will, if it's not working, I'll switch. But you're not getting Mercy just because you demand yeah if there's like a farah or or an ash then you're essentially like a booster for for these yeah. individual characters and it, you know i i think i actually was just thinking about this as you were talking 
Uh, what's the closest comparison to the Overwatch experience? It's Team Fortress. <laughs> yeah. TF2, Fair man. Enough. And like we have we have the medic, right? Yeah. We have the medic char- character. Um, you know, we've got we've got these sort of distinct roles. I think if if TF3 were to ever come out, um that's what the uh the Activision Blizzard uh, team needs to worry about. But the the issue in, on the topic of fun, it's why I play Anna. It's why I might play yeah. Moira. It's why I'll play Lucio. I, or I'll, like, it's the I feel I can contribute more mm-hmm. than simply blue or yellow. Yeah, right. Like I playing mystery heroes. Well, is like Lucio is, is green and yellow. So no, but at least I'm <laughs> no, I know. But I'm, I'm contributing kidding. more than just the colors. Sure. Um, you don't understand how many times in mystery heroes where if I get a mercy in the right setup, I just stand behind a wall with yellow, like. Yeah. And occasionally blue, and it's like they can't get to me. It, it is boring. It That's is why, just, it despite is it being super broken, like the multi-person res was so fun, right? You, you got to <laughs> well, yeah. As soon as you got it, what did you do? You it was now a five v six fight. Yeah, until it was it was over, and then Q. <gasps> when you were playing the Mercy, it was a lot of fun to pull that off. Yeah, and. You know, part of the gameplay was that if you didn't see the mercy, you sent someone to try to find yeah. her because you did not want that cue to get popped. Anyhow, um, a few other things that came out of the the blog post: um, some you know visual issues that you might enter uh, in or enter encounter or what have you. That, that's to be expected. The scoreboard is basic; it's going to be revisited. Um, the kill feed is basic, and one of the things that I'm finding at least in the community is too many people are looking at this beta and it's probably just the, the um, experience that we've had in, Mm -hmm. in many other titles where beta is the pre-release it's to amp up. That's not what this is. This is actually truly a beta. And I think that's, what's missing is people are expecting this to be the game. Um, Why this sort of resonates with me is, as I said, I was watching seagulls stream and someone had asked him like, Hey, like, what do you think of this game? This is all we're getting, and they've been working on it for so long, and this is it? And his response was was quite salient. It's like, well, think about what they've probably been working on so long. It's not what we're seeing. Yes, we've got a new hero and sojourn. Yes, we've got a, a few new maps, and we've got a mode. But what is it we're seeing most of? We're seeing the heroes outside of, you know, those have been reworked that we've been accustomed to. We're seeing the maps that we've been accustomed to. We're not seeing any of the dynamic weather events or, or the, you know, multi sort of period uh, day experiences. Um, We're, we're not seeing the PVE. We're not seeing other heroes that will probably be available at launch. That is what they were working on. And what we got was probably for lack of a better way to describe it, a rushed experience to fill this gap and void that they themselves created when they'd said, Overwatch one is done. Wait for Overwatch two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just really happy about that time of uh, day thing. I hope that also is moved to the regular PvP experience because man, so many maps are orange now, and it upsets me. Like Elios, Eichenwalde, Gibraltar, oh, Lijang, Dorado, and now they've added Rome as well. So everything is like either dusk or or dawn. It's so weird to me. Well, I, 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 think I get your PvP point. PvP is going to have the different times of day. It's the dynamic weather effects. I'm curious. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's definitely for just uh, the PvE stuff. So, 
Well, but that's the thing is they talked about dynamic weather and I distinctly remember them showing Anubis did, yeah. and how they described it. You could be going on to, you know, the first point and there's a sandstorm and it changes the gameplay. Well, and there's no reason they, they use it in, in a story uh, mission, right? In PVE. Well, no, I could totally see it being PVE where I would like it to be as in PVP because I think it, it, it oh. does... It does change like as like as a support hero, right? Like I can see my team by outlines. I'm not too concerned and I'll have map awareness, but now I've been given this added layer of, you know, visibility where a widow is much more impactful or a Hanzo or, or, or whomever. Right. Yeah. But then you'd be like, uh, turning down all your particle effects all the way. You know? No, I, I know. And then the, pro, like the pros will with, be, with the bushes, the pros will just days. see an empty, you know, workshop mode. <laughs> just pixels have you seen that clip of, of uh i don't know who the streamer was where the hanzo is essentially an orb floating in in, uh, in the air yes so that's what what we're looking at just click click the orbs point and click adventure game see, see that's my problem my my graphics are are way too high for for the experience that's why i'm no good that's why mm. i went here mm-hmm. yeah that must I be it, it. <laughs> Anyhow, I mean, I, I, have enjoyed the, the beta and having had a chance to experience it. Um, I know a few people in, in RSP core to share some thoughts where maybe they're not as, is bought in, but I think a common thread that I've seen from many, not only in RSP core, Titans core, defiant core, and on the scene, we've waited so long and this is all we have for the game. It is not overwatch two. Now, if they launch overwatch two and this is all it, let them have it. Yeah. I'll be the first one to light them up but I, I am, I'm confident there's much more that we have yeah. yet to see. Yeah. To me, I'm more of a PVP player. Uh, anyways, I'm just happy. We're getting new stuff. Give me new Content. maps, give me new characters, give me ranked mode in the beta. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's what people have been asking for. Give me ranked mode in the beta, which makes no mm-hmm. sense to me because it's not going to carry over. So why would, yeah, maybe would just, you the, the rule set that, being a little bit different, so you'll have two rounds. Yeah, um, and and things like that instead yeah. of just the, like a single one. I think rule sets the the prime driver, but one of the other things that people are are surfacing is that they're getting all sorts into in QP. Um, like it, it's not as is bad now. I am positive MMR must exist in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. It, it like has the to. They early, have to have some matchmaking, right? But like in the early going, like people were dropping like the five stack of Overwatch League pros they were running up against, mm-hmm. and it's like so this this match lasted thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean they've talked about uh, rank mode queue times. They're they're playing around with things. They're gonna add a few more modes to 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 help out. But again, this is week one. When they come back to us next week um, with more details, it'll be cool. And in between now and I'm gonna presume. Like, this is the part that I'm curious about. The Overwatch 2 um, beta is going to get a patch. And based on what we know about how the season is approaching patches as they apply to the league, are they going to push this patch out before Thursday? Mm. Which then changes what teams have been prepping for? Mm. Or are we, the casual gamers, going to have access to a game that the pros won't see until after this stage? anyhow we'll yeah. we'll find out on wednesday when the show goes live <laughs> so 
Anywho, here we are wrapping up a, a pretty uh, long show, obviously uh, a little bit longer because we had uh, Justin join us to talk a little bit uh, about uh, the season. But thanks again, as I have thanked you profusely, but thank you again, Justin, for, for, for joining us. Make sure you give him a follow at Justin C. His underscore on the Twitter. Tell him that, uh, you know, Team RSP is the greatest podcast in the world and that if you ever have a problem with your breadsticks order, he is the guy you complain to. <laughs> But uh, yeah, what final uh, words of wisdom do you have for everyone there, boys? Um, did you know that a group of owls is called a parliament? I, I did not know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm back to my owl uh, um, factoids since it's owl weekend. Uh, another one, owl ears are not symmetric, actually. One is slightly higher than the other, which allows them to pinpoint prey better when they hunt at night. No kidding. Kind of cool. These are cool facts. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, along the same lines of animal facts, did you know that a group of bunnies is called a fluffle? I did a not fluffle. know that. That's a wonderful world. There you go. So, in in a in a world of conflict, does the parliament come after the fluffle? I think the parliament is always after the fluffle. The parliament is the uh, or the fluffle is the prey. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then uh, once the job gets done, I guess the murder comes in to clean up. <laughs> ah, and I know what you're talking about there. That's right. Uh, um, so I, I actually, you know, don't know if you guys noticed, but, uh, you know, Blizzard's gone mobile. Uh, they have uh, obviously been working on Diablo Immortal and uh, the uh, pre-registration for iOS and Android devices is live. Today they announced a, a new Warcraft title that's going on mobile. Kind of mm-hmm. looks like... Uh, a clash of clans type, you know, game uh, with the Warcraft universe. But it got me thinking about the uh, iPad that uh, I just uh, uh, purchased and arrived today. Um, but, you know, had I, you know, gone into the Apple store to pick up this iPad and uh, I, I witnessed a, a crime there, um, would I have been an eyewitness? <laughs> Hey, what can I say? I, I got mad skills, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I I work hard and scour the deep decent, dark places decent. of the internet for these these types of jokes. Yeah. And I, I know the listeners love it because we continue to get feedback. The worse my dad jokes happen to be, the happier people seem to be is to uh tell us about it. We're gonna send the parliament Speaking. after you. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, speaking of telling us about it, if you want to let us know about these dad jokes or anything that we've said, the easiest place to get into it with us is on Twitter at ready, set phone, but you can also join our discord discord.io slash ready, set phone. You can find the three of us on Twitter. I am at light force. Omni is at Omni strife and Jordan is at sir. Dr. JM. You'll also know that Jordan hosts one man watch point where he catches you up and everything that you need to know about the game and the league and tells you about, uh, what others are, are saying, and uh, quite frankly, no better summary out there than uh, what he provides. So make sure you, you throw him a subscription. Unless you're the Toronto Defiant, um, don't say anything. <coughs> I, I, I see what you're trying to do, and it's not working. I can't yeah. wait to uh, to hold my prize pack over you or my uh, my gift Ooh. pack. Yeah, I, I and I don't I don't doubt that you'll have pictures. You know, in fact, the live stream broadcast first the beta and then this. Oh my goodness! I mean. I'm just throwing it out there. Go look at my Twitter profile picture right now. It is a defiant picture 
I am ready to model. They just got to send me the gear. Yeah, you're you're sending the signals out to space. That's right. <laughs> well, boys, the Overwatch League season is fast approaching. We'll be back next week to recap uh, how the first weekend went. And uh, with all of that said, catchphrase. Thank you.